0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to All Things Pilates. I'm Darian Gold. The arms come down. Make sure that front leg is bent and reach up, 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 And up. Good. exhale and exhale and deepen your exhale as the carriage comes in. Have you ever heard of the concept push-pull? Does it make you think of a children's toy or some kind of game children might play in their backyard? Well, my guest today is Glenn Wilkinson, and he and I are going to talk about what push pull means when practicing Pilates. But first, a little background about Glenn. Glenn was born and raised in Britain and currently lives in Essex. He was a professional ballet dancer with the Rumbear Dance Company from 1987 to 2004. Like me, Glenn thought, by being a very strong dancer, there wasn't a need for any additional exercises to add to an already busy dance class and rehearsal schedule. But just as I quickly recognized that the Pilates method married beautifully with dance, so too did Glenn. His first Pilates teacher was another ballet dancer named Dreyas Reinecke who also danced with the Rumber Dance Company in the 1960s. He got his Pilates start from second-generation instructor Alan Herdman, who learned the work from first-generation teachers Carola Trier and Bob Fitzgerald. As Glenn was learning and absorbing the Pilates mat repertoire, the similarities between Pilates and ballet astounded him. Specifically, the body's use of its own resistance to move through space. Besides the mat repertoire, Glenn also learned the accompanying apparatus repertoire, which convinced him even further that the power of the Pilates technique would help all people better their lives. And so sharing his growing knowledge became his passion. Now Pilates certified, Glenn initially taught people like himself highly trained dancers, and athletes, because they understood how to use the body's own resistance to increase core strength. But it was the non-athletic student that needed him more, and he had just the technique to inspire his curious and enthusiastic students, the push-pull concept. Glenn continues to teach push-pull to all students, especially his non-movers. But questions inevitably will be asked. Does my body push-pull at the same time? Does my body have to move through space to experience the push-pull actions? Can I feel it while standing in place like a ballet dancer at the ballet bar? Let's put these questions to Glenn and find out how he explains and teaches the push-pull concept. My friend, Glenn Wilkinson. Hi.
1: Hi, Darian. How are you?
0: I am fantastic. It's so great to have you on All Things Pilates.
1: Thank you. It's great to be here.
0: Well, before we dive into the push-pull concept, why don't you tell us a little bit about your ballet life? Why did you want to be a ballet dancer? And what was it about ballet that drew your attention?
1: well i my mother had a dancing school from when i was a, a baby from a child the dancing school was in our house it was, it was in the we had our living room on one side of the house and the dancing school on the other side of the house and we, we had in the uk we have something called a cellar i don't know if it's called a cellar in the states but the, the kids would come down into the cellar which is the ba- the basement, the basement in the house, that's where the changing rooms would be, and they'd come up the stairs in the middle of the house and go in. So on a Saturday morning at nine o'clock, there'd be fifty kids tap dancing next door, and the piano playing. You know, if anybody's seen Billy Elliot, is very much like that. Um, so I kind of grew up with dancing, and you know, my 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 mother would just take me. I had to go to dancing. I went everywhere. There was nowhere else for me to go. So I kind of grew up. That so I kind of just started joining in. Um, so I never really knew anything else but dancing. It was kind of like dance or sit on the side and do nothing. So I just kind of joined in and I don't I don't know it just was it was just my life from the get-go.
0: And there were boys and girls.
1: No, I was the only boy. I was the only boy. But moving on a bit, when I was uh, going going to go to high school, so I was around 13 years old, there was a special school in my town that did a, something called theatre arts. So like dance, drama, music, you know, and I managed to get a place in this school. And that's where I was kind of introduced to more ballet, more contemporary dance, more expressionistic dance, where I, that's where it really began to take me that oh I can express myself by moving and that's really when I was about 13 or 14 when the dance really began to take off and when I decided like hey I can I can speak you know I can say what I want to say and that's when I decided that I was think I was probably 13 when I decided wow this is this is really something that I would want to do
0: Well let me ask you something. You're 13, your body is changing, correct? hmm Did that impact any of your decisions regarding dance? And I don't know, were you looking at girls a new way?
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm only laughing because girls <laughs> were of no interest to me. <laughs> They've really not been that much interest to me, Interested me my, my whole life in a, in a good way, in that I've always been so focused and busy on what I was doing. So no, when I was thirteen and fourteen, I was more interested in trying to stretch my splits across two chairs than I was in anything else. That the, the you know, being physical was all I was kind of interested in. That's why I laugh because of no other reason than that, that was my only interest.
0: But people accepted you. Your kids, the, the kids your age accepted you for who you were.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, it was a, where I lived in the UK, it was, a, it was a tough upbringing. It was very much the Billy Elliot story in, in the sense of, um, if you've seen that movie, that it looks and feels like that movie. It's very truthful. Um, you know, it was a tough upbringing. I lived in the back streets of, of Leeds. It, it, you know, dancing wasn't a normal thing to do. And I don't think my father was that interested in me dancing. He didn't think that there'd be a career or a job at the end of it, you know. But no, I mean, you know, you, you, you'll appreciate that you become quite thick skinned, even as a 13 or 14 year old. If you've got a passion for something, you kind of have blinkers on. You don't really see what you kind of ignore what's around you. And you, And then when somebody says you shouldn't do this, you kind of charge your head even more anyway, because it's like a red rag to a bull. You just, <laughs> you just go, OK, that makes me want to do it more. <laughs> this, this is bad, right? This is wrong. Good. I'll do it more.
0: And that's part of your personality, right?
1: I think so, yeah. I think so. I hope so.
0: <laughs> well, here we are, years and perhaps decades later. I'm not quite sure when Pilates came into your life. When did Pilates come into your life? What year?
1: So well, Pilates came into my life around 7889, eight, 89, 18, no, 87, 88, when I joined. Rombear Dance Company. When I joined the company, Pilates was a part of of the training, a a very small part of the training. It was very unknown. It was quite a new thing. You know, we didn't really know that, the word, everybody knows the word Pilates now. It was a new word. We'd not heard of it, you know? Um, So that's when it was first introduced to me, or I first came across it.
0: Your first teacher was Dreas Reineke, correct?
1: The first teacher we had was actually like a kind of group class at the company, and that's when when you're in the, saying you know in your intro, like I was kind of like, what's this? Like, what is this? Like, I don't need this, you know. I need this like you know, running a marathon. I don't need it. I'm a dancer, you know. I'm, I'm super fit. I'm super strong. Super flexible. I'm in this fantastic dance company. I know everything. What do I need? And so we were doing this like class. And somebody said, you need to go and see this guy called Dreas. you know, go and see him. And uh, because Dreas was also, he was working with the stars of the Royal Ballet. He'd taken Pilates and was driving it down this uh, dance, with, working mainly with dancers. And for sure, when I met him, I was definitely like, okay, this, is, this relates now, this now relates to what I do. And yeah, this can really help me. This is like, this is different. This is not, this is not what I did this before. What I did was some exercises on the floor, which were I might as well stand up at the belly bar. No, this was different. There's all machines, there's springs, there's stuff to, I can get into shapes that I can't do when I dance. So, hey, this is cool.
0: Did Dreyas demonstrate for you? So you got to see him in motion on the apparatus?
1: <laughs> kind of. But Dreas, he's a real character because Dreas, in the in the most lovely way of saying this, he's a very camp man, but very very lovely with it. So he's like, darling, go over there and do your legs and make sure you've got your short shorts on because you've got <laughs> nice. Legs. You go over there and do that, you know. So he was very like like that, and and in the room you have to. It's quite a small room, and he would work with five or six private clients, but all at once. Because I think that was just the nature of him, his business and how he could do things. And he would come and instruct you and then he'd be on to the next person. So he'd kind of go around in a circle.
0: That's what Joe did.
1: Right. So Andreas, but Andreas was working with really talented um, dancers, you know. And I mean, I went there and I mean, some of the dancers that were there at the time, I mean, I remember walking in on the first day straight away thinking, well, 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 why am I here? <laughs> Look at these guys. These guys are the stars of the Royal Ballet, you know, with their legs up here and, you know, doing all these strange things. And I just was thinking, and I, and I mean, I did what I did. I walked in and told this one lady, I won't say her name on it, very famous ballerina. I, I told her she was a bit stiff and she needed to stretch a bit more. That was like my way of being humorous. It wasn't, she didn't find it humorous at all. But <laughs> we did get to go to her and have some fun a few months later. But so I knew, as soon as I walked in, I knew this was something special.
0: And when you did have your first class on the apparatus, you knew even further, because it wasn't just the mat work, which your body understood. It understood that sense of finding your own resistance. But then when coupled with the springs... Made you go even deeper in the body,
1: absolutely. I, I mean, I, for anyone who, who gets it, who understands, I was on the Cadillac on my back with my feet up against the bars in like a second plié with the with the the roll down bar, yeah, pulled into my abs, trying to roll down super slow and roll up super slow, and I mean, and I was like, I was straight away, I was like this is like, this is difficult. This is really, really hard. I'd only done like three. And he was like, oh, just do another 20, you know, like. And that's when I realized that it was was so relatable. And of course, you know, it goes on and on with all the other equipment, but I distinctly remember that very exercise, which was something that I knew, that I thought I knew, but this was different because I couldn't create that resistance myself. In, at the Balibar, bar, I couldn't create the resistance that I'd been given, and I still to this day don't know whether that was him being really smart with me when I first turned up, and thinking I'll you know I'll get him on there and get him to do the same. or it was just a coincidence. But if it was a coincidence, it was a genius coincidence. Maybe it was something the universe coming together and showing me something magical. You know, being lucky enough to be given something like that straight away.
0: And it was a natural progression for you to then want to certify and then begin teaching this passion of yours.
1: Well, it's interesting because it's a it, yes and no. It's a, an interesting route because at the at the time when I was working with Dreyas, I mean, I was there three or four times a week. I was there at like five o'clock in the morning. I was outside the door before he got there, kind of like, you know, in the cold, in the rain, whatever, going, hello, where have you been? I'm here, you know, and he would let me, i be the first person in, and then I'd go to my class, but that, this was in the days when there was no certification, there was, it didn't exist. So I spent my time with Dresk learning everything, asking questions, learning choreographing things and saying, does this work? What does this do? What if I put a ball underneath my chin? What if I put five balls in my body and try to get on the Cadillac and be so done? And just driving him crazy really until the point where he gave me a key. He gave me a key and said, let yourself in on a Sunday and come and do whatever you like. You know, because I was that sort of enthralled with it all. So I just spent my time soaking it up and then bringing it back into the dance studio and bringing the dance studio back into the Pilates room and just trying to learn it. And actually, it was, it's interesting because I've gone on a, a very um, long journey throughout my career and done all sorts of things. Actually, I've taught dancers my whole career. I've taught dancers for 30 years dance, and I never really can ever considered that I would actually teach Pilates until uh, six or seven years ago. It wasn't something that I was necessarily, wasn't even there. So no, I wasn't certified, but I had all this amazing knowledge and all my dance background. And again, we get to the push and pull, all that knowledge, not even really knowing that I had all this knowledge until myself and my wife decided to change careers, a long story, which we don't need to go into now, it's a very long story, but we decided (laughs) to change careers and I didn't want to be traveling into town and doing all this sort of work. And we decided to buy a Pilates studio that it literally pinged. We were in our kitchen, and this pinged up on our phone through uh, you know through social networking, Pilates studio for sale, near you. And I was like, we could, we could do that. We could, we could do that. I, I can teach Pilates. So I actually decided we bought the studio. The studio happened to be stock equipment. The teachers that were working up there at the time happened to be stock trained. So I said to my wife, well, I, I'll just go and I'll do the stock thing. I didn't even know what that was. I'd not looked, and I went to this first day of my stock training. We did a, you know, a kind of where you go around and say who you are and what you're doing, blah blah blah. And they asked me, and I said, "Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do all the courses in a year, and then I'll take the exam and I'll get the exam and I'll be certified, and then I'll go and do what I need to do." And everybody laughed at me, and they said, "You can't. That's impossible. You can't do that." And I was like, "What? Why?" And they said, "You, "You can't. It's impossible." And I said, okay. So, sure enough, twelve months later, Mm -hmm. I did my exam.
0: The red flag and the ball situation,
1: uh, exactly. So, because again, it was all second nature. So, the certification for me to start about a time ago was kind of a means to an end. It wasn't. It was just I need to get in somewhere, get this done as quickly as possible, so I can get insured, so I can get the piece of paper to let me do what I what I need to do. So that's kind of the 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 story, the the kind of interesting story behind that. I could it could have been with anyone really, just to get certified to to get, I suppose legal. I suppose to be allowed to do what what you've been
0: doing for thirty
1: years. Yeah, exactly. I needed this piece of paper, so I was like, okay, I'll just I'll go there. So
0: fortuitous that you and your wife were in your kitchen, probably just talking about mundane things, and then you get this notification on your phone.
1: Literally, yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the truth, literally. And that day, we went to see this Pilates studio, and the lady who owned the studio was emigrating to Australia, and we, so we decided to buy it, along with all the equipment and everything that came with it. And that was the beginning of the journey.
0: What's the name of your studio?
1: We're called uh, The Movement Base.
0: Ah has two meanings. Yeah. At least at least two meanings.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: The similarities between your ballet training and your Pilates, what would you say? I know we're we're moving into this whole concept of push-pull, but when you started to delve into the Pilates exercises, did anything jump out at you? In terms of what your body already knew as a dancer,
1: um, I remember quite often coming back from Pilates with Dreas, and then having to stand at the bar and do the the, the ballet ex- the, the ballet exercises. You know your tondues and glisses and stuff. And um, I just remember having this ability to have this like. Uh, unbelievable ability to concentrate on my physicality in in like a linear way. So, But like a three-dimensional linear way. Almost like I could see my whole body behind, in front, on top. It was like I became three-dimensional in my mind. It gave me an ability to see and feel what I was doing.
0: But you, you'd never had that as a ballet dancer standing at the bar?
1: I was never been taught in that way. No, not, not, no. Everything's kind of aesthetic. It's very frontal and it's very mirror mirror orientated. So it's kind of two dimensional. It's, it's a, a two dimensional feeling where you look glance in the mirror and if you're making the right shape, then that's acceptable. But it's it, 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 your body doesn't work like that. It's three dimensional. It's bone and skin and muscle. It's you know, it's got surface. It's got structure. So it was the first time I was able to envisage myself in a really genuinely three dimensional way because of the exercises.
0: That's very fascinating. I've never heard that, heard it described in that way before. Mm.
1: And the way that you're given the technique, and the way that you're able to really focus on each individual thing, but the whole thing comes together as a whole. So you're able to take 10 exercises, if you like, just for want of a number, and sort of put them all together and you can envisage the whole thing. You can envisage the whole body. Um, and it, it, it's, it's, it's functional. It works. It, it really works. Rather than it's aesthetic or it's emotional or quite often in the dance world when I was a dancer it's quite brutal you're doing it wrong you know you're always wrong you're always wrong because you're trying to improve whereas with the pilates it was quite often it was like yeah, yeah that's you know that's good that's really good now try now try and add this to make it better or try and add this or you you know hold your abs get your shoulders right do this get your you know and it was very much a positive a positive thing that was coming my way i was doing things good i was getting things right so i was able to i was able to secretly and quietly bring that to my dance training and stand there and go no i know I'm, i now know i'm doing this right this is good so it, it, that maybe is why I, it, it explains it to you in that way
0: wow i love how glenn expresses himself don't you Before we get back to my interview with him, I wanted to talk to you about my online mat classes as we continue to shelter in place. All of our lives have been disrupted by the COVID-19 global pandemic. This includes those of us in the Pilates world. We've had to adapt and hold on to what is most important. And I feel strongly one of the best ways to remain healthy and sane during this unusual time, is to remain consistent with our Pilates practice. Returning to your studio may still be far away, which is why I started my online Mac classes back in March. It's certainly not the same, but think of it this way. Not only are you taking class with fellow students in your own time zone, but also with international students all learning at the same time. What an opportunity to share the work. Please visit my website, dariengold.com, to view my online mat class schedule, find a class that works for you, and follow the instructions on the site so you too can join this alternative way to practice and learn. And now back to my conversation with Lynn and his views and applications of the push-pull concept. How do you explain push-pull?
1: So it's a this is another nice story. So I've always taught dancers from the f- sort of the first day I joined the company, I, I jumped straight. I was offered to teach, and I jumped straight into teaching. And I ended up teaching. Used to teach the 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 big workshop on a Saturday. Every Saturday, I used to teach the workshop. So it was always kids who couldn't really dance. It was kids from the local community who would come to the theatre. Anyway, after kind of a long time, maybe even a year of teaching these workshops and these kids, I I needed to find something to help them understand how to move quite quickly. So I, 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 I remember being in a hotel, messing around with ideas, and I remember coming up with this idea of, let's pretend we're like in a liquid. We're kind of like, we're in honey, we're in jam, we're in water. And we, and we called it, I called it, but we called it when I was doing sessions, we did this session where we would call it magic dancing. So you can move, you can move around and it's not magic because it's boring because it's just moving around. Or you can kind of move like you're stuck in this liquid and you turn into this magical moving thing that looks like other people can't do it. It's magic dancing, magic movement. It looks fantastic. It's like you're able to express, you're able to talk. So that's where I started developing that as a teaching tool to help me. And then that's when I realized that's what also Pilates was all about. So if you're going up, you're pushing upwards, you should be pulling downwards. If you're going outwards, you should be pulling inwards. That was always the concept. And that's when these. Things for me as a teacher began to come together as, as like, oh, they're the same thing. I've invented something that I've already been learning, but I didn't even know. I didn't know I was learning that, it just kind of came together. And so I've, and now I've always used it as a dance teaching or teaching Pilates. And then to find out from yourself and other people that that is a genuine thing you know, in Pilates, it really is real for me Is like a magical thing to learn that I've been doing something really, truly right for, you know, with my Pilates t- teaching by osmosis, which is a really wonderful thing to, to find out and learn.
0: But you already had the concept in your body as a dancer, even though you probably didn't have a ballet teacher that said you're pushing up and pulling at the same time.
1: Yeah, I mean, we used to have. Yeah, we'd have the teacher who would say, "When you do your plie, when you bend your knees, you should be lifting yourself up." But but sometimes when you're a student, those things don't compute. You do, you kind of just the teacher says pull up. You think, "No, what do, you, what do you mean pull up?" And the teacher walks by, and you think, "Well, okay." So yeah, as a professional dancer, yeah, it really developed. But it wasn't until later in my career, so ten years in that it really things really start to solidify in your brain and your body and you really start to realize that it's a it's a real thing you know you you are doing it and you do have that ability and you are doing it but you're not i wasn't always conscious of doing it until these things started to really come together and I, it sometimes i don't know these things take doesn't matter when it arrives but it took a long time for it to arrive and and me to know and really understand the sort of the deeper thing sounds a little cheesy, but it's true. The deeper thing, the thing that really is real.
0: The magic dance component. Do you give that visual to just not just children, but your adults that come to see you when you try to describe push pull? Do you talk about, Moving through thick honey or so that they can feel when they're doing their Pilates exercises more of that internal push-pull feeling
1: Yes sometimes if pe- if people can accept that because if you say to somebody pretend you're lie down on the Cadillac right? and pretend you're in a big jar of honey they might leave. <laughs> so then uh, i can't pay my bills so yeah i I mean you know you 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 do all sorts of things to to try to connect or get people to do i mean one thing that i do which really works for people is i'll put my hand flat up and say put your hand flat on my hand give me the other hand and hold my other hand now actually let's push and pull let's actually push and pull and 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 they find that really quite tricky somebody who's a non-mover their brain finds it hard to push and pull at the same time, literally pushing pull. So I will do that with them and all sorts of other things, you know, sit with my feet against their feet when they're trying to go backwards. I'm stopping them when they're going forwards. I'm, you know, I'm giving them the opposite. I'll, I'll, I'll make them hold things or squeeze things or hang on things or whatever invention I need to make to get somebody to understand that. And it, it doesn't matter if it's 50 inventions, 50 new things that I never even did. You know, I mean, the, on, the coronavirus and the online has been very interesting, saying to people, you know, have you got a pole? Well, have you got a umbrella? Well, have you got an old pair of tights? Well, and you just start thinking, well, go and go quick, go and get one of these things and I'll help you understand how to do this exercise. By I don't even, And I don't even know how it's going to work. I'm just trying to figure out the next best thing that might give them the feeling of what they need to feel. because. They can't understand it unless I can tell. They're not going to understand something unless they can get a feeling, unless they can understand what it what it feels like. So it's a, a, a definitely a sort of a myriad or a cacophony of all sorts of ideas, particularly with non-movers, um, to get them to understand. And then when they do, you see that you see the light turn on them because you see the expression in their faces or Or suddenly they they're able to they achieve or suddenly they go really serious because they they're achieving. They they get it, they understand. And that's when the magic happens. That's when the magic thing happens and you know that you've connected with somebody and they they get it. And then you know, then you know you've kind of got them a little bit. So then you could then you could try something a bit more traditional. Traditional or trying to maybe breathe a bit more properly or you know, without sort of scaring them away from what might come across as something like hokey pokey or, you know.
0: <laughs> Can you name a couple of exercises, Pilates exercises that you've been taught that illustrate fully the the push pull concept that you use for your students, opposed to the imagery of honey and molasses and all of that?
1: Sure. a simple one is just a, a simple bridge, just a plain old bridge, two feet on the mat, and you know, you get them to go to go up a little bit and then say, you need to go up some more, but the more you go up, the more you need to pull your abs down. And if they don't get it, I'll just push them down. And then when they're up, I'll put my hands underneath their pelvis and say, try and get down to the mat. And they'll try and pull themselves down. And they'll say, I can't. And I'll say, no, I know because that's what, you here's the work, that's what you need to do. Our spine stretch is a really good one with a soft ball or a cushion or um, a magic circle. Again, just, just, you know, not with their arm, you know, just with their body, just trying to push that down or against a wall. That's another good one against a wall or against somebody else, which is something I saw on one of your little videos, which is a really cool, a really cool idea. Those type of things are really, really, really good. Or, or getting somebody to do a roll down and just sit, sit be hold them behind their shoulders as they roll down, and actually physically stop them from rolling down. And just when they think they're down to the mat, stop them even more. And, and they're shaking, and they're going, "I can't do it." And I love yeah, it. <laughs> going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's, here's, there. This is where the work is at. So, yes, actually, yes. physically giving them, giving them the opposition gives them the understanding of push and pull.
0: Yes, well said.
1: Yeah.
0: Are you in your new, new studio yet?
1: <laughs> well, do you mean since coronavirus or yes. just Jen? Yes. Uh, right. No, we've been uh, – we open a, a week – no, we open on Monday. Yeah, it's now Tuesday. Yeah, No, Monday. We open a week today. Sorry, my days are gone. We open a week, to, a week today. We, we reopen. Which I, I kind of like, really good. I'm also a little bit sort of like, I don't know, if I really want to do this because I've been kind of enjoying the online thing. <laughs> but yeah, we open a week in a week. Uh, we've I've been in there, so our studio, we had an a amazing new studio built and done, but it was it was all at the last minute, you know. So I was kind of putting up blinds to cover up the windows that needed replacing and putting pictures of Joseph Pilates on the wall where it needed a bit of replastering to him. <laughs> I'm not actually joking. To look, make it look like this wonderful studio. So we spent the last couple of months while we've been in lockdown actually getting in there and doing all the little things that never really got finished off because we needed to kind of get going from a financial point of view. But yeah, we'll be back in a week, which is exciting for us.
0: How many yeah. students do you have?
1: So just before lockdown, we probably had about 200 people through the studio a week. We did a little survey in lockdown and about, I know surveys don't necessarily mean much, but 97% of the people said they'd be back. And I think we've probably booked in about 100 for the wow, first week. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, so it's good. And actually, even just this evening, my phone's been bleeping with people, you know, messaging going. They're hungry are. to get back. Yeah, which is really, really nice. And I think, you know, people realize that health and fitness is really important. But then what we do, I think, is not not a comparison to other things. It's not more important or less. But I think the, I believe it's very good for the immune system. It's very good for us. The type of exercise and the type of mental, mental. work. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, it's very good.
0: And that leads me to one final question. Do you have any advice for new teachers coming into the Pilates industry? Because there is a lot of uh, opposing views about this man's brilliant work. What would you say to new teachers if they are searching for a space to open their new studio or their st- going to be starting to teach at your studio. What advice do you have?
1: As far as the work goes, it's really simple because the work works. It works. And I mean, you know, I'm a convert because it works, not because I'm kind of like a hanger on for no other reason than it works. And I've seen it work even to my kind of great surprise where Early on, I was kind of working with people, kind of thinking, okay, what do I do next? I'm not really sure. And this person's got a bad back. And okay, I I just need to stick, I need to stick to the formula. No, I can't, don't go outside the formula. And lo and behold, it works. I can't say anything other than that. That's easy. So, so be, you know, trust in, in what you learn expand your knowledge always expand your your knowledge be humble you know I said a lot of people to me God you know so much and I say I don't know I've got, I'm picking up the crumbs here what do I know you know I try to be really humble about it and I think that's a really nice way forward but on a, from a practical point of view it takes it does take a while to build up your clients you know it takes a while something that's worked for us really really well, um, is that every set, to every new client that comes through the door, whether they want to come to a class, they want to come to, to private sessions, they've got a bad back or they want to come from whatever the reason is, we offer a free session. Our first session is free. And I've had, a, I've had a lot of teachers come through and want to work with us and they find this concept really difficult because they see it as a free hour and they want to be paid but they don't get it. So from my point of view, it's not a free hour. It's my chance to get somebody in the room. No money has passed hands. I can do what I like. I can be really honest. I can say to somebody, I can't help you. I can say to somebody, I can definitely help you and you're gonna fly with this. Or I can say to somebody, I'm gonna help you and this is gonna take a long time. This might take you a year. So it's going to be quite an expensive year. It ain't, you know, it's not going to be. So I can, I can be, I can truly be honest because, you know, if you give me my fee that I ask, then I've kind of feel like I need to be doing something for you. But when there's no money past hands, I don't need to be. And it's a brilliant opportunity for somebody to come in. You can be totally honest with them. And hey, you might get a client for life for giving up an hour of your time. And it's your time to shine as well. And I genuinely have got 99% of my clients that way. And all of those people who didn't know anything, I mean, would, would you go into a shop and, and part with $500 for something you don't know about? Unless somebody was going to demo the product for you and show you how this product will clean your car or how this machine will change your life. Would you part? Would you sort of go, well, well there you go. There's $500 and send one to my house and I'll see how it goes. I don't think you really do that. I don't think you would. I don't. And most people out there have heard the word and I have a lot of people come to me and they say, yeah, because I, you know, I, I want to come to play. So I want to do some stretching. And I kind of laugh. And I, in my mind, I'm thinking you're in the wrong place. If you think we're doing stretching, because we won't be doing much of that. <laughs> you know, not what they, what they think is, you know, touching their toes. So That would be my advice is is if you want to build up your clients, a free session is a really good thing to to, to offer. Get them in and then you can be really honest and it really really works and you get a chance to really show people the work and tell them what and explain to them and show them what it can do for them. Everybody that comes is coming because they've got um, some sort of emotional, something going on, whether they're desperate to do this or they've got a pain or they've got a lot of people have got some kind of psycho, psychology thing going on, you know, um, which is in, another whole story, which we could talk about. The psychology behind Pilates is very interesting. Um, but then you get an opportunity to show them how you can solve their problem, help their, help their issue. or And it's a, it's a really good vehicle. To,
0: I love to, your advice. It's fantastic. Glenn, uh, if... If people want to learn even more about you and your studio, what's the best way to contact you or to be able to do that?
1: You can uh, drop onto the internet and just put in the movement base, Essex UK will come up. All the information is on on there. We have a Facebook page, Movement Base. Instagram, Movement Base. I could give out my personal number if you want. You can call me.
0: (laughs) If you if you give your number out, absolutely.
1: Okay, zero seven nine seven four one zero three seven. Wait, say that o- again.
0: You got uh, We lost you for a moment. Say that one more time.
1: O- 07974-103-753. Call me, text me, and you know, look, we're you know we're we're open. If there's any people out there who want advice, they just anything. We're kind of happy to help with anything, you know, and we get it. I mean, our, our, we've had a, 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 again, it would be a whole other interview about the struggle of us going from nothing to building up to a big studio, you know, and even now people come to you and go, wow, you guys must be doing really well for yourselves. And you just think, well, I know it looks like that on the surface, but, you know, we're kind of still scratching ourselves out of this big hole that we've dug for ourselves. It's a but lot it's of a, hard
0: work. Yeah. No,
1: no, it's a fantastic hole that we've dug for ourselves. Yes. It, it is. It's hard work to build a studio and be successful, but it's kind of fun. Life's about the journey, right?
0: Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for your time, Glenn Wilkinson. Fantastic continued success.
1: You're very welcome. I am very feel very honored that you've asked me to um, talk to you today.
0: Yes. So I Hopefully next year I'm going to be seeing you at your studio.
1: Yes, please.
0: All right. <laughs> All right. Take care, Glenn.
1: And you. Bye for now, Darian.
0: If you enjoyed the show, make sure to write a review and tell your friends about this podcast. All Things Pilates is produced and hosted by me, Darian Gold. Podcast production is provided by Audio Ephemera. I'm Andy, the audio engineer for All Things Pilates, and I'm also a student of Darian's. My Pilates practice has strengthened my core and, more importantly, given me a new awareness of my body and its abilities. Darian doesn't hold back, but it's fun, and I always leave my sessions feeling energized. And I'm not the only one.
1: I'm a local student of Darian's and have had the pleasure of taking her studio-based Mac classes. I've really been appreciating the convenience that Darian's Zoom classes have offered me. She gets me to challenge myself and inspires me to keep up the practice, no matter what my circumstances might be. Thanks, Darian. I started working with Darian at her studio in West Hollywood. I lost track of Darian when she moved to Northern California and was thrilled to have her start online Zoom classes, which surprisingly worked very well. The online environment allows her to provide one-on-one coaching that is very personalized, even though you're part of a class.
0: Visit DarianGold.com to view her online class schedule. Also, try one of her apps, available on the App Store or Google Play. And to keep up with Darian and all her new interviews, subscribe to this podcast. Until next time, find your push-pull.